0: Boxing is never gonna die. It's fighting, right? It's primitive. It's like sex. We need it. Yes. Guess what happens when you buy castles, man?
1: (laughs) You gotta fight till you're 60 years old. Don't buy castles. That should be the first rule.
0: P.O.P, baby. He was getting in those ears. You're out of your mind, bro. Instead of boxing, it's a sport that keeps on fucking us over and over. But because I'm in love with it, I stay with it. and welcome to P.O.P. Picking Off Punches. I'm your host, Sergio Chacon, with my main man, Derek Drescher. What's up, what's Happen, up, what's up? Yo,
1: I feel like it's been a long time since we've been on the mics. Yeah, it's been it's been a couple weeks. It's been a couple weeks. You've been very busy on the road. Yeah, and you you actually met me out in Texas. Listen, and, and I myself was Austin. also on the
0: road. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we had fun out there. We did. Kept it safe. I I, I got to witness Sergio straight up just murder in front of two-pack crowds, uh, back-to-back nights.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah. I had a good time. But I had enough of Austin. 6 hours in, I was done with Austin. Bro,
1: I was there. I was there Wednesday through Saturday and yeah, the the last
0: two days I I wanted I wanted to leave. The specific street that the shows that I was on, The Dirty 6. The Dirty 6 mm-hmm. reminded me of Bourbon Street in Louisiana, though I've never been. <laughs> I imagine. And like St. Marks in the East Village which I've been to plenty of times. Shout out to the V-Spot, Alex Alex Carabaño and his uh, restaurant. Intertwined with this warm, sludgy grimy people.
1: Basically yeah, what we're saying it was this dirtbag central. Yeah dogs. Dirtbag Central. It
0: was very young and drunk and very barky, you know, you walk by a place. Free shots! Yeah. Free shots. We got
1: to see a lot of fights though. A lot of fisticuffs. A lot of fisticuffs to cuffs happening on the dirty six.
0: I I didn't see one uh street altercation.
1: Yeah, no, said so the uh um, You saw a fight? Yeah, a girl, some girl uh swung on uh took a swing at my buddy Pat.
0: Did he uh did he roll it? Did yeah he, no
1: we jumped her. <laughs> 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 I'm joking, I'm joking. What was crazy was this, right? Is that there was a girl uh, drunk on the sidewalk with her head cracked open. And me personally, I didn't want to go out. Everyone was like, oh, come on, you got to come celebrate the show. I was like, guys, I really don't want to. I just want to go home and go to sleep. I'm old. You know, all my, my friends are 10, 12 years younger than me. So I was like, all right, I'll go and out. they
0: act like 10 and 12-year-olds. Yes,
1: absolutely. absolutely. I act older once I get out. I act 50 once, we, once I get outside or get inside a club. But anyway, we're walking back to the car and it's so funny that this is the end of the night and he just makes a comment about the girl who was laying on the sidewalk with her head split open and her friends just went bananas bleeding all types of blood yeah. just
0: spilling on the asphalt yeah and
1: she was like i'm fine i'm fine we're going back out and bro they were with like 30 dudes and luckily those dudes didn't hear what like didn't see what was happening like no one paid attention to her when she got up and like Tried to punch my friend in the face. I was so nervous. I was like, I will run. Yeah, you would have got rushed. I would have ran. They wouldn't have caught me. I'm out. You're fast, but you're not fast for long. Uh, I think I'd be fast if 30 MS-13 members were chasing me. I think I'd get out of there very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah, there's nothing worse than getting into some beef away, far away from home. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't want any problems. Anything like that.
0: But it was good, I man. It was good to go out and see you do your thing. You know what I mean? It was a good time. I'm yeah. happy to be back. I'm happy to be back on the mic. I'm happy to be presenting the Blood and Guts Warrior. And we're highlighting this individual, Arturo Gotti. The real Blood and Guts Warrior.
1: He would have beat up the whole 36th Street on his own. I wonder how many street fights he's been in. I've heard stories. I've heard a lot of stories that he was uh, a wild fella. A lot of street fights. A lot of, uh, he
0: liked to crash cars, from what I, from what I understand. <laughs> I imagine him with... Where- <laughs> You know, like silk button downs, maybe uh, hair gelled up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to understand that he was very popular during the time the Gotti show was out. So he's an Italian fella. but From, from Canada. From, from Canada. From Canadian. From
1: Canada. From, Canadian. For, from, Canada. <laughs> from Montreal. From Montreal. From Montreal. But yeah, he was like the, like he... He had the ill taper when I was a young buck. You know what I mean? With the hair slicked back and all that. I think he was so much cooler than the Jersey Shore guys. And that's where he moved. He ended up moving to Jersey when he came to America. You know, see, that's who he he hung around.
0: Yeah, they loved him out there. The thing about
1: Arturo Gaddy, when he fought in Jersey, tickets were sold out like that. Mm -hmm. It was like a thing. What are you doing? Oh, going down the shore, Gaddy's fighting. What are you doing? Going down the shore, Gaddy's fighting. I mean, he would pack out Boardwalk Hall. Pack it out. They loved him. Loved him.
0: Do you do you remember the first uh, Gotti fight you saw?
1: Yeah, Tracy Harris Patterson. He fought him twice. I believe he beat him by decision both times. I could be wrong. He might have might have knocked him out one fight. You might have not stopped him in the ninth round. But I believe the first fight was super close, and then the second fight, Gaddy just just. You made did, a good do you know point. Who Tracy when... Harris Patterson is. I do not. He's the son, the adopted son of Floyd Patterson. Oh wow! So Floyd had a uh, a boxing gym up in Catskill. And uh, one of the kids that came through was uh, Tracy Harris Patterson. He was part of a boys' home, and, and Floyd ended up adopting him, taking, taking him as his own, which, you know, who trained Floyd, Customato, Customato. who also would adopt. He adopted a, a fighter one time. Some of you may have heard of him. Mike, Mike Tyson. Tyson. Yeah. I am yeah. Mike. Yeah, but that's that's uh, the first time I saw Arturo get down. Arturo fight, yep. He fought Tracy well both times. His first defense, he fought Wilson Rodriguez. Was on the brink of getting stopped due to his eyes being swollen shut, and he ended the fight with one punch. Within he was a comeback kid. He was a comeback
0: kid. That was he was he he, he was uh, regarded as the the real Rocky. The real the real the
1: real Rocky. Yeah, the real life Rocky, 100.
0: Yeah, I mean, if he bled and he got knocked down, it was far from over. Well, the thing you know, the thing that's wild about Arturo is that he his life
1: ended in a very tragic and traumatic way. Either way, it would have went. You know, whether you believe one thing or believe the next, but his whole life was like that.
0: A lot of people who know Arturo Gotti or know or have heard of him think of Mickey Ward and the Gotti trilogy, right. but there was a lot more to him. I he mean, fought, he fought Oscar de la Hoya. Yeah. You guys
1: asked what about Oscar? The guy fought everybody. He was champion in a few weight classes. Unfortunately,
0: <laughs> I know, man. I know. I saw him lose to Ivan Robinson. I saw him lose <laughs> to Angel Man Freddy's. Yeah. I, every time I, I think of Arturo, I do think of the trilogy with him and Mickey Ward, which is amazing. Right. It was a beautiful display of violence and this courage and will. And it was amazing. It was a passionate outing on both of them three times over. But I also remember when he fought Floyd Mayweather and how embarrassing that loss was. I I'll never forget what Mayweather
1: said to him. He goes, You're a beef fighter and I'm gonna treat you like a beef fighter.
0: Yeah, he did. And he um That broke my heart. I remember I was in the city. I was watching it in a sports bar. That was a beautiful display of boxing on Floyd's part. I mean probably the They couldn't even get the mouthpiece out
1: of Gaddy's mouth. It was his mouth was swollen that much.
0: They it was probably the best display of boxing on Mayweather's part. I mean, he was landing like thirteen punch combinations. He was hurting him bad. Yeah, it was a beautiful display of boxing on uh, Mayweather's part. But even still, with the, with a, an embarrassing loss like that, he still had juice in the tank. Oh,
1: he re, he and reinvigorated his career after that. I think that that loss happened at one thirty five, if I'm not mistaken, and he ended up becoming champion at one forty. Yeah, he. Yeah. Uh, that was he beat, the last. He beat a lot of good fighters, man. He beat Jesse James Leha. I think Gianluco Bronco might have been the guy's name when he won the belt back. I mean, he, he was a good fighter. He's, he's a Hall of Fame fighter. Given not just the titles, but you look at what he did. I mean, the audience, the crowd is, the, is who's, like, they were like, this guy's the best. Every, yeah, every time he, fought, he they sold the joint out. And then he gave them what they wanted, which was for him to get his face pounded and, to, and for him to win <laughs> by the skin of his teeth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Could you imagine like you so you do stand up, I do stand up. It's like getting those those laughs, those cracks from the crowd is what it's about, right? That's what keeps you going back up. I do stand up to get out the house and get away
0: from my my wife and daughter. Thank you for fucking just because every time I,
1: I was <laughs> because every time I go home,
0: I act like I'm happy, like this fulfilling, but there's pockets of this void in the room because my daughter is in, in her little area with her with her earphones on, and my wife is watching murder mysteries. Yeah, I called you yesterday. I go, what are you doing? That, and you said, uh, you know, I'm spending time with the family. We're all uh, in our separate sections of the house, ignoring each other. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I have adopted over twelve illegal reptilians to keep me. Busy and you know with something (laughs) to do. There's a reason for that. Yeah. There's a reason why you know you have you live your family is dysfunctional, (laughs) and but it's a big lie. You never
1: see any of it on Instagram. No, no, no. Your family, bro. You guys are just you're getting a little older. You're getting a little long in the tooth, man. Just just relax. Just relax. You should be happy. Nobody's bothering you. You know what I mean. But what was I gonna say? I had something important to
0: say. You were saying that uh, we do, we both do stand up. It's all about the cracks and and laughs and just say. And I guess you were gonna say in reference to Gotti and how he fought. You made an interesting point earlier. when the mics were off, you had mentioned that Gotti was actually a very good boxer, but he fought down to his opponent. So if he, he fought got down hit, to his
1: opponent's level. Yeah, yeah. He's exactly. very
0: slick. He he actually had good defense. He had a great jab. Good
1: hand speed. Head movement not bad until he got touched. Until he got touched. And then all that shit just went right out the window. Reminds me of that that scene from Black Hawk Down. Mm. He goes I never uh, seen
0: Black Hawk Down. Yeah. I I probably wouldn't even watch it if it was on channel he nine. He goes, You wanna know what I think?
1: Guys ask him what he thinks about war. He goes, You wanna know what I think? It doesn't matter what I think. Once that first bullet goes by your head, politics and all that other horse shit goes right out the window. Mm. And I feel like that's how Gaddy fought, mm. you know, boxing skills and all that shit goes right out, out the window. Right right out the Let's window. Fight, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite fighters of all time. I watched him fight Gabriel Wellis. I think I was about 12, 13 years old. I uh, just fresh back off my first stint in DFY with my father, which is juvenile detention for those of you that do not know, <laughs> Division for Youth. And I, I watched this fight, and I said, Father? And my father said, Yes, son. I said, I would like you to take me to the boxing gym tomorrow. And he said, Okay. And he took me. And that's why I wanted to fight. I wanted to get hit five times and land one left hook. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to be. I, you know, a fighter like Arturo Gatti make you look at your life a little bit, man. He really can. When you're living life like that, like I, you know, I'm in recovery now. I was an addict. You know, um, doing comedy. I, I, I've, I had seven amateur fights. It's like I'm a thrill seeker. You know what I mean? And it just, uh, it just made me. Like there was a guy there who was like me. Like. Doing the most, and it just you know it just made you feel good to watch. Him.
0: I remember I seen him at Gleason's gym, and uh, there was a celebrity around him already. Like everyone turned, and it was pretty dope. He had swag. He had an aura. Well, he was already just just a man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know when he, I remember when he used to do the
1: open workouts in Gleasons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was just he was just chilling yeah. on this day. Good looking, looking dude. Wearing... You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 it's always strange when um. When people call themselves good-looking. Now, when we went to Texas, there was a comic who said that. He says, you know, I started off doing, uh, you know, the, the the online stuff. I'm a good-looking dude. And, you know, and stand-up was like, you know, the third thing I did. First of all, that's I hate weird, when people a, say that. That's a weird thing to say. Especially like, around
1: other stand-up comics while you're doing stand-up comedy. <laughs> What the, What is wrong with people? Mm-hmm. I was with with a good buddy of mine the other day. You, you, Jared, you know, the kid. Jared, the kid, he goes, yeah, stand-up's like number six on my list. I go, you're in a room filled with stand-up comedians. Yeah. Why would you say that? It is very strange when someone does call themselves good-looking.
0: Enough. Yeah, I, let, I this past weekend, I let a lot of people Why, you off the cut hook. Him.
1: You should have cut them on the face. So yeah, it, I've let, let a see.
0: lot of people off the hook.
1: Yo, we can't turn this into a comedy podcast. So we, on. we the only way won't. we can talk about it is if we box those people.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm a nice guy and I practice restraint, and that's a good thing. But, you know, a a lot of, like, the, the hearing that guy say I'm a good looking guy and proceed to tell me how comedy, you know, how stand up comedy just fell on his lap and his headline. He said I went from host to headliner or whatever. And then, you, you know, know, I, I
1: headlined two shows the past few days.
0: It means absolutely jack shit. Yeah, but this guy sells out. Oh, he does? Really? <laughs> you think oh, because he's a TikToker. You, 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 think, you think the same thing that's happened in boxing? Where uh, What's the equivalent to what we're talking about in, in the boxing world?
1: Probably some guys that do very that- well in the Olympics, maybe. A lot of stuff gets handed to them as pros. You see that it doesn't always go well. Maybe some big fights could fall on your lap or like TV, but you're gonna. I, everyone's gonna find out who you are sooner or
0: later. Yeah, you, you said that's the thing with boxing and and, and like you're gonna and get comedy. knocked out. You're gonna be exposed, right? You're gonna be exposed. There's, there's no way around it. It's there. the same thing in comedy. If you come up quick
1: and all of a sudden now you're getting thrown in between killers, you're, yeah, those cracks are gonna show. Gonna I've exposed. had I've had people that got a lot in a very short amount of time. Tell that to me. I'm like you know listen like I. I came up quick within a few years I was here and then all of a sudden you know you're getting sandwiched in between like you know career comedians and then yeah, you're your show and bro the same thing happens in boxing if they throw you on the TV look at what happened with uh, Angulo mm-hmm. you know what i mean poor guy i'll you know. have to do an episode on him one day
0: so Tsirogadi was a uh, was the blood and guts warrior and he was the uh, you know just just a beast and you know he he, Great he was a fan too. favorite thunder. thunder yeah thunder George, welcome to the show. I'm Sergio. This is my boy Derek, my co-host. How you doing, George? Great to be here, guys. And just to give you a quick recap on what we what we do here at P.O.P., Picking Up Punches, we highlight some of our favorite boxers and anyone who's been involved in boxing, whether it's a, an official, a coach, and so forth. So we're happy to have you on. We understand you're very knowledgeable. This afternoon, we are highlighting Arturo Thundergotti, The man... The blood and guts warrior. The myth, the legend. The legend who showed all of us, man, the the will and courage that I don't possess. Yeah. <laughs> that we all yearn to possess. And maybe we do it in other areas in our life. But, man, as a boxer, man, there's not many who 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 get down like that. No,
1: absolutely not. Uh, I told you the first time I went to a gym was because I watched this fight with Gabriel Wellis. Uh, that's what and that's what I wanted I to do. That. That's <laughs> what I wanted to do. Gabriel Wellis actually uh, one of his opponents had passed away after their fight with him, I believe. Yes. And a lot of people were saying he didn't have uh, like he couldn't finish fighters off anymore. And against Gotti, he proved that he still could like he didn't he didn't let up off the gas. He was like this close to getting Gaddy out of there. Gaddy survives around. The they make it to the fifth. I believe one left hook from Arturo flattens Gabriel Ruelas flat on his back out, and that is that's when I started to go
2: to the gym. I wanted to fight just like Gaddy. Take mm. ten punches, land one left hook, right around there. That's when the the myth, the Wilson Rodriguez fight. I mean, that's when like those fights started. The I can't say the myth, but it started this this run of popularity that he had. You know, Rocky's a movie, but. This guy was Rocky, a real-life Rocky in the ring. A hundred
1: percent. The Wilson Rodriguez fight, I mean, both his eyes were swollen shut. Oh, my God. That, <laughs> that, did you ever see that fight, Sergio? No, I don't think I have. The referee was telling him to cover his eye, oh, and he kept pulling it down. He said, you know, he said, like, pull they'll put the, the, yeah, the fingers he, up. Yeah, yeah and then I remember he that. He didn't change. And then one left hook uh, sent Wilson Rodriguez sprawling
2: also. Did you ever get to meet Arturo George? I did. Uh, I was... For about 15 years, I was a, a producer over at HBO Sports, and I got to shoot with Arturo. It was towards the end of his career. It might have been the, the Thomas Damgard fight, which was the last fight he he won. He was training with Buddy McGirt in Florida, and I, I got to meet Arturo, and he and I bonded a little bit because you know Arturo lived in Jersey for a number of years, and I'm from Jersey. At the time, I was still living in Jersey. And Arturo, it was kind of well known. He liked to have fun and go to strip clubs. And so I, I told him I was from Jersey. Told him that I was from Rawway, New Jersey. He mentioned a, a strip club near me that I had known of, and I said, "Yeah, I, I know that place." And from that moment, like I was good in Arturo's eyes, <laughs> like we, we, you know. And uh, he
1: was fun to be around. Now Thomas Stamgard, he beat him pretty handily, I believe. He knocked him out, right ninth round. I believe, something like that. Uh,
2: I think it was the 11th. And Damgard- It was late in the fight. Damgard was undefeated also, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. I, I believe he was, yeah. yeah. That's yep. impressive. Yep. And that was the last yep. fight that Arturo won. Who did he fight after that? He uh, fought He fought uh,
0: Baldemir- and Alfonso Gomez. Gomez. Yeah, Alfonso Com- Gomez. I remember that that fight, man. He had the gold shorts. And he looked good to me. And he was being trained by Mickey Ward, I believe. And that split on the lip was so foreign to me. It was just such a weird injury. Like, you know, as much as he's gotten hit in the past, I've never seen an injury like that. Yeah. You know, like it was just a, a cut right down the middle of his lip. And you just knew it was over. You just knew it was over then. And it, that was that was a tough defeat. He said he said goodbye that night on HB. On, uh,
2: he did. Yep. He retired on, on air. I'm pretty sure he retired
1: on the air. Yep. yep. He said Arriva Delce. So,
0: yeah, it was it was one of those goodbyes that gave me goosebumps, and I almost felt emotional as he said that because you you knew you knew he meant it. And you knew how much he he gave the fans. Uh when he didn't ha- necessarily have to. Derek made a good point before you got on, George, that you know Gotti was actually a very decent boxer. You know, he was a good, slick boxer, but, and this is a great point, man, I got to highlight it, you know, he kind of fought down to his competition. When he got hit, he reduced himself to, like, fighting like a pit bull, like, just getting in there. Would you agree?
2: I agree. I, I think that was probably his instinct to fight like that, but he, when he beat Tracy Harris Patterson for his first title, I think it was at 130, he boxed well. You know, there were points of his career he he boxed Mickey Ward in that in that third fight. He showed that, Now, he couldn't obviously box with a guy like Floyd Mayweather, but he definitely had skills. But man, you know, I think his instinct was just nobody's tougher than me. And if you go to war with me, I'm going to be the one that comes out the winner.
1: The way he fought is kind of how he lived his life. Even though I didn't know him, I would kind of I would.
2: Do you think that's true? I I do. I mean, every you know, I, I never hung around with Arturo. But, you know, if you're in the boxing world, you hear stories and like I said, Arturo bonded with me because we knew of the same strip club. So (laughs) he, yeah, he lived a pretty, you know, it's like a cliche, like, you know, work hard, play hard. But from, from what I hear, Arturo was, you know, he, he partied hard and he lived pretty fast outside of the ring. Pedal to the metal. Mm-hmm. Pedal to the metal Yeah, absolutely
0: Back in the days When the when the gelled hairstyles Were, were prominent And the Gotti boys And Jersey Shore was popping He fit right in there Except he could kick ass I feel like he might have been An yes.
1: inspiration to a lot of that stuff To that hairstyle He may have For sure Yeah, he may sure. very well have been But he, nobody did it like him though No Nobody man. did it So how long were you Were you at HBO Sports?
2: I was with HBO for 15 years Which it was a For me, you know I grew up in Jersey and I and I love boxing since I was a kid. I boxed briefly. There was a YMCA in Rawway that had a boxing program. The guy left after three months. Probably better for me because it's not that much fun getting punched in the head. But, you know, my first job in television was with HBO. And it was a it was a dream job to be able to travel the world and tell fighters' stories. And I loved every minute of it.
1: Now let me ask you a question. Um you said you're from Raway, New Jersey, do most of the people that live in the city work in the prison?
2: <laughs> you know what? that's what I know you know Jersey <laughs> because I went to I went to college in South Jersey, and I heard that all the time, mm-hmm. you know, oh Raway, they must have let you out yeah. and for people who don't know there's a maximum security prison. The funny thing is it used to be called Raway State Prison. It's technically in the city of Avenel, New Jersey, and they changed the name now it's called like. East Jersey Correctional Facility. But I heard all those jokes. And I'm I'm like, you and I, we, we just bonded there because I heard all the jokes. They let you out for the weekend, huh? You know, <laughs> all, those, all those prison jokes, I've, I've heard them all. So
1: a lot of people, I don't know, a lot of people, check check this out. Um, There was a fighter. Well, everybody knows who Dwight Braxton is, also Dwight Muhammad. James by, Scott. James Scott. He went, Dwight Braxton, like, went to prison and he went back into prison to fight James Scott inside Rawway, which I believe was on...
0: ABC wide world of sports, right? Wait, wait, wait a minute. He went to prison to fight him. There was a
1: professional
2: fighter in Rawway named James Scott. Yeah. And they'll
0: have sanctioned bouts in the prison. Yep. No way.
2: That's wild. Listen, that 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 story, that's something I've actually been very interested in doing a, a doc on. James Scott was a fighter. He was based in, in Florida. He's from Jersey, but he was in Florida. He fought out of uh, he fought with Freddy Pacheco, who used to be with Muhammad Ali. He was a pro. He went to prison. They started a prison program. I don't know the mechanics of how it happened, but his first fight on broadcast TV was on HBO. It was against Eddie Gregory, who was the number one heavyweight contender in the light heavyweight contender in the world. Eddie Gregory went on to become Eddie Mustafa Muhammad. He became a champion at 175. So the first prison fight ever was on HBO. It was James Scott against Eddie Gregory. And James Scott won. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard was on the broadcast team. You know, they all went to the prison. This is a maximum security prison. Yep. Uh, it, this would never happen today. And, and I think seven or eight fights of James Scott's were on uh, CBS, ABC. Um, I don't think NBC. One of the networks didn't do it, but. He had eight or nine fights on network TV. Yep. That's wild. And so was what was, the, what was the audience?
0: They were like all dressed in an orange jumpsuit? Yeah, they the
2: inmates watch, didn't they? The inmates watched, but I, I think they had an auditorium. They had a small auditorium that outside people would come in, and then they broadcasted in another part of the prison for the inmates. So it wasn't, I mean, you know, Larry Merchant wasn't calling the fight with Prisoners on death row, right behind him. <laughs> um, but it was a, it was a sit- like that'll never that would never ever happen today. It was such a unique, uh, and this was two you know that prison is two or three miles from where I grew up, so I knew I knew of James Scott for sure. It's wild they let that happen,
1: right? That they did that crazy yeah, story.
2: Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't know about that.
0: No, I didn't know the only fights that I've heard that took place in prison they weren't pro fights. It was when B Hop <laughs> was uh. Was competing and it was like an amateur.
1: Yeah, they did like smokers and right. stuff. They did the like prison. smokers.
0: Yeah, he was like a champion in right. there. So, how'd you end up getting, uh,
1: getting with HBO? How'd that come about? Literally,
2: with HBO, I would watch the credits at the end of a fight and see the names on the credit list. And I would send in my resume. I would mail it. You know, that's back when you had to mail things, not email. You had to ma- I would mail my resume. I did that for a few years. And one day they called me and said, listen, we got your resume. We have a, a, a potential opening for a short-term gig. The gig was I had to log fights, so I had to watch fights. They needed them in the in the edit room because they need to know when's the knockout punch, when was a good you know Jim Lampley call or things like that. I was getting paid to watch fights. I was like, wait, you want to pay me to, to watch fights? <laughs> it was three days a week. It was 100 bucks a day. And I was, I said, listen, can I come in every day? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, of course you can. We're only going to pay you for three days. I said, I mean, I was at HBO and I had a blast there. What, what year was this about? This was around, around 2000. You know, it wasn't in the era with Mike Tyson and Sugar Ray and Hagler, but, um, you know, HBO was still the- Oh, HBO Boxing and Boxing After Dork, 100%
1: my well, favorite- yeah, and it was it was popping during that he's time. In. Lampley, Merchant, a little Emmanuel Stewart, maybe some Roy Jones, George Foreman, whoever else they had on the the broadcasting team. Max Kellerman, also one of my favorites. So, I love George
0: Foreman, but he cannot call a fight. For no, shit. no, He'd be like <laughs> he's at his most dangerous right now. Like no, George, the dude's about Respect to get knocked out. Respect to George, out. but yeah. holy shit, I, mean, I I've never disagreed with someone calling a fight as much as I did with George. His jab is dangerous. His jab.
2: <laughs> The guy, yeah, I, like the guys about I mean George. They were doing a fight from uh, with a South African fighter, and I remember G- George saying they had, they had had a serious talk about apartheid, and he said, "Oh, apartheid that that sounds like a piece of pie." You know, <laughs> he would say things like, "But uh, he was big George Foreman, so you weren't gonna to his face disagree with no. him." But uh, it was the cachet. I mean, it was George Foreman, former two time heavyweight champion of the world, so it really was a a dream job to be a boxing fan growing up and then you're immersed in in the boxing world and uh, meeting the fighters and everything. It was, uh, again, I I loved, I loved everything about working there.
0: You know, it's interesting. We were just talking about George. Uh, George was one of these fighters, right, who, was like a mean son of a bitch. Like, people were like, you know, when you think about the Muhammad Ali days, like, he was quiet, he would bang on the bag, and then he he evolved into this, like, oh, Amer- America's, like, favorite, you know... Uncle or some yeah, shit. Yeah, with the with the forming grill and everything, he had that great smile. Do you think that Gotti, if he was still with us, would have evolved into something that America would have really appreciated and loved? Because fight fans loved him. But you think he would he had that personality that would have carried over somewhere else? Or you never really thought You mean of, like
2: like an announcer like George?
0: Like anything, you know? I mean just the the short time you spend with him just knowing him as a fighter, we, you know, I gather that someone like that, I mean, just has a, a when you're in battles like that, and you're that sort of fighter, I feel like you get answers that none of us have yeah. and maybe and you're
1: probably very empathetic also
0: yeah you, know I, you know I wonder what happens later on like 10 15 years later do you f- still agree with the younger you like oh this is the way you you fight even uh, or, or do you think to yourself that was instinctual but you don't fight like that what do you think
2: you know i i never knew if arturo wanted to cash in on his fame or do anything like that he certainly would have gotten an opportunity if 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 he said listen i'd like to call fights or whatever. He he certainly would have gotten an opportunity just because he was Arturo Gotti. There, there's definitely a, a chance he could have carved out like a, a niche for himself because without even hearing him talk, people loved him just because of the way he fought and just put it out there and never gave up. People loved him without even knowing anything about his personality. So, you know, he was too young, obviously, when when he died and you know, who knows what would have happened. The way his life ended, obviously, it, it, it was very sad.
0: And you don't have to answer this next question, but do you think, there's a lot of controversy surrounding his death. Do you think that he took his own life or you think that he was killed?
2: You know, I've read a little bit about it. I, I will tell you this, that the people who knew Arturo well say there's no way that he killed himself. Uh, and they And they have said it, you know, not speaking on emotion, They've said there's no way he would have done that. So, you know, I leave that to the people that really knew him. Sir, look, if you read about it, it it's uh, there the, there seems to be a, a lot of shadiness that went
0: on. Yeah, with the Brazilian with officials. Yeah,
1: I mean, at first they arrested the wife and then they let her go.
0: I, yeah, I just, I saw. It's also it's also yeah. like on, on foreign soil. Like there's so much information you could get, right? Right. And right. um, you know, there was a fight beforehand. He was like arguing with her. Some yeah. yeah. Somebody threw a rock at him yeah, or something. Yeah, who yeah. knows? You know? Uh
1: th- that was that was that was heartbreaking. The you thing know? is too, like with Arturo, because he he's coming off of those. Well, he had the three fights with Mickey. He beats he beats Thomas Thomas Damgard. He beat somebody else before that, too, I believe. But then you know, he closes out his career with the loss to Baldemir and, and,
0: and, and Gomez. Gomez.
1: Two two rough knockouts. Now, Arturo was already cemented, in my eyes, as like a Hall of Fame fighter
0: before the trilogy with Mickey Ward. Really? Absolutely. Uh, I don't know about you, that, you man. What about, what you, what's your take on that? Would you have considered him a Hall of Fame fighter before Mickey? I wouldn't have. I mean, I think he was a great fighter, a tough fighter, but a Hall of Famer? That's a tough one.
2: You know, a lot of people have their... Like, the opinions vary. Some people base it on the actual skill level of a fighter, where some people base it on the the personality and the popularity of a fighter. Right. He was, God, he already was a legend before he fought Mickey Ward, but after fighting Mickey Ward, he just, just blew yeah, up. Yeah, he
1: became more mainstream. He really did. Cover of video games and all that stuff, yeah, yeah.
2: But he was selling out Boardwalk Hall. Yeah, a lot of people say, well, he wasn't a Hall of Famer because he wasn't as skilled as this fighter and that fighter. You can look at the people in the Hall of Fame, and you can make a case for a lot of them that they shouldn't be in there. Or if this guy's in there, why isn't this guy in there? You know, he he's in, and it's hard to argue. The guy w- was a champion, and I think three weight division, something like that. He he was a he was a champion. You can't take that away from him, even though there's a thousand belts out there. yeah.
0: I, I i I feel like he cemented it once after the trilogy because of the feeling he gave people. like they, you know, not many fighters could generate that excitement and you know and and love for 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 that sort of. Brutality, Right. You know, I mean, it was beautiful brutality. Absolutely. The first fight... And I think he's deserving just because of the way he fought. And, you know, he and Larry Merchant sat there, right? He did that for us, I think. You know, he might have been sexual, but, you know, the crowd will get him going. He fought his ass he off. He had
1: a love affair with the crowd. Right, Absolutely. He loved them. Especially in, in Atlantic City. Oh, and that's why... I was telling Sergio earlier, whenever there was a Gaddy fight, where, you know where people from Jersey were heading down to shore, Gaddy's fighting. Board wall, you know, On the yep. boardwalk hall, he would pack it out, sell it out every single time. The first fight with Mickey, I mean, you got these two guys that are very, very similar. Gaddy, obviously the better boxer than Mickey. Mickey, though, fighter to the core, tr- you know, through and through. Tough journeyman, mean left hook. But like, kind of gets his, I guess, a swan song, you would call it, by beating Arturo Gaddy. Puts the exclamation point on his career and all the 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 big crazy fights he'd been through, and you know he had very crazy life also. We had Mickey on last week. Actually. Yeah, we had
0: Mickey on last week. And, um, nice guy. I'm not sure if you ever met him, but he's uh, he's. I did. Yeah, I have yeah. super nice guy. He, yeah. He's a, he's a nice that fun win guy over
1: Gaddy on HBO. You know that I very very big for Mickey. You know what I mean. And then setting up those next. I mean that first fight. Well, I believe it was the eighth round. Where they almost
0: killed each other? It was like like rock'em, sock'em robots. Yeah. Well, there was yeah. a point.
2: You, you remember when Mickey Ward landed that body shot and Gotti was- Wincing. The yeah. announcer's reason saying, you can stop at any time. I think Frank Cappuccino was the ref. You can stop it because Arturo looked dead.
1: Yeah. Yep.
2: And then he came back. That's, it was- it, <sighs> I've
1: never heard Emmanuel Stewart. Emmanuel Stewart was so excited. So,
0: he was very, Oh, he was yelling. He was out of his seat. He was screaming. Yep. And that's what I'm saying. You know, Gotti getting up from that hellacious body shot brought Emmanuel Stewart, who's seen it all. I mean, this guy used to train fucking uh, Thomas, Thomas the Hitman Herds. Yeah. He trained, uh, you know, uh, Lewis. Mm-hmm. I wow. mean, he's yep. been around some of the best fighters in the world. And so he's generating that excitement from these vets. Right, right. So that alone. And that's a great
2: point. That's a great point that Emmanuel Stewart's been around the world, seeing everything. And he would get that, ex- he got that excited over a fight. It didn't happen often. It didn't It didn't happen often. And Gotti brought that out of even announcers. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You, you know, the with Gotti too, I can remember, and this is before I was at HBO, when he fought Oscar De La Hoya. I think it was like supposed to be Gotti's swan song. Like HBO was giving him a nice chunk of change and He had no business really fighting at 147, fighting a guy as big as Oscar. Mm -hmm. And he got, he tried like you knew Arturo would, but Oscar was too big and too good. Everyone thought he was done. And then his next fight was against Teron Millett at 140. And that fight against Millett, that's where he was with Buddy McGirt and he was boxing. And he, people saw, oh, this guy can box. Like they probably forgot. They're used to him fighting blood and guts, but he boxed Millett and he- Kind of started a whole other career for himself because people said after Oscar he was done. Like God, he's done great career, but he's done. Yeah, because he, he wasn't.
1: He had the Angel Man Freddy loss, and then he had uh, Ivan Ivan Ro- Robbins Ivan Robinson. He, he lost, lost Ivan Robinson twice, which broke my heart, man. Yeah, he had a nice string of wins with Buddy, right? The Angel Man Freddy fight really pissed me off. I, I know he had that bad cut; his eyelid was over, like his yeah, it was eyelid terrible. Maybe, like could his eye was open. His, his split. But he was really just starting to come on. He was actually on the attack when the ref was like, oh, wait, let's just take a look at that eye. And they stopped the fight. I was very happy when Floyd Mayweather knocked out Angel Man Freddy to get some revenge. <laughs> get some revenge there.
2: Yeah, unfortunately he did it to, to Gotti too. Yes. I mean,
0: that was yes. probably the, the 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 most beautiful display of boxing Floyd ever put on. It was like his perfect night. I hated Floyd
1: after that though, for what I'm, for how he spoke to Arturo. I didn't like you. He, he said, you're a B fighter. I'm gonna treat you like a B fighter. I was like, ouch, man, that's not.
2: He did He did say after the fight, I, I remember he hugged Gotti and he said, listen, that was all publicity and I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, Floyd said what he said, but uh, you're right. The I mean, damn, Floyd just looked unbelievable.
0: I mean, there were little steps over to the right. He was pulling back, yes. 13 punch combinations. I mean, he, he showed everything. I mean, he showed his complete arsenal. I mean, yeah. tripling up with the right hand. I mean, the speed was I mean, was going, there. going body and head the way he did. If you want to see, people
2: forget that Floyd was such an offensive force because he became more defensive as he went on. But if you, you know, YouTube that Gotti fight, man, he was an offensive machine. Yeah, and in the Gotti's hometown. He I mean, was not the,
0: deterred.
1: He was Floyd, not intimidated. Floyd knocked out Genero Hernandez, man. Yes, he did. Yeah. He went in his, like, 14th or 15th fight. Yeah. 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 Which is, like, uh, Gennaro Hernandez got hit in the throat by Azuma Nelson after the bell and continued the fight. And you know, <laughs> he kept so, fighting, he, right? Yeah, yeah. He kept the game five minutes. He's like, all right, let's go back out there. Like, and Floyd <laughs> Floyd was definitely a force at those lighter weights. I mean, he was always a great boxer, but he – Look at what he did. Did we talk about Diego Corrales? Yeah.
2: What, what did, oh. I mean, leading hooks.
1: I mean, he, he knocked him down five times. 5 times. That's another yeah. one.
2: Yeah, he was he looked spectacular. And Diego was so fight. mad at his
0: father. Come on, man. Come <laughs> yeah. on. I remember his voice uh, like screeched like a child. i was Fracking. like, "Oh, I was heart- heartbreaking. You know,
2: real quick on that on that Corrales fight, I was working graphics for that fight. And what I remember Corrales had a lot of uh he was going to to court like 2 weeks after the fight for some kind of a domestic violence charge. So, a couple of hours before we were on the air, we had cameras in his locker room. He was eating this giant turkey club sandwich. Turkey Corrales was, and we're like, "What? Before the the fight? Before the fight? Before the fight?" He was in the locker room eating a sandwich. Uh, So you kind of knew his head wasn't in it, and he knew he was gonna. He, I I think, he did go to jail for a time. But you know, if your head is not in the fight with Floyd Mayweather, you're gonna get beat really bad, and he got beat really bad. Yeah, he
1: was incarcerated, I believe, for something happening with his wife. Uh, Yes, and then yeah, he also lived a very dramatic and tragic life yeah he uh, was
0: drinking and you know and riding his motorcycle, motorcycle gone, passed and away
1: yep.
2: yep very sad
0: so we had um the the first fight we talked about mickey and Gotti. the second fight was uh Gotti won that one and then the third fight Gotti won and that was just an amazing trilogy holy shit i mean and when mickey shared it it was funny how they did, they befriended each other he said like during like the second one he said they uh Became like friends, and he found it yeah. to be a little odd to, ask, to 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 coach him in his last outing with uh, uh Gomez. But he was like, "Sure, I'll do it," you know. So I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't do the feature, but they followed them. I
2: want to say, may I don't know if it was the first fight or the third fight, but the cameras we followed them after the fight to the to the hospital. They were there was a curtain between them, and you know it was incredible. It was like a move that you know Gotti's. Ah, uh, style in the ring was like a movie, but then when he becomes best friends with the guy you went to war with, and the guy trained you, and it was genuine. You you've had Mick, you had you had Mickey on. You know, they they truly respected, they loved each other. They were really friends. And you know, you know, how often do you see that yeah, you know, in boxing special. where yeah. they have a relationship like like what uh, Gotti and Ward had outside of the yeah, ring?
1: Yeah. You, usually, you look at trilogies. You look at like uh, Barrera and Morales. Oh, That's they hated each, hated each other. other.
2: Ollie Frazier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they hated each They're
1: other. Talking about each other's mothers and spitting at each other and, right. and shit like that. Yeah, yeah no. I don't
0: think Marquez and Pacquiao are going out for, to play pool. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no. no way. Uh, Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. No way. George, in closing, um, I want to, uh, you know, just one last thing. Is there anything that you want to plug in? Any future projects you got going on?
2: Uh, well, I have, uh, if you plug in my my uh, my name uh, I have a YouTube page. Round
0: one. Oh yeah, yeah oh, I watched yes. it. All right, that's yeah, I, that's a great thing to plug in. If you didn't do it, I was gonna do it. So yeah, I enjoy the work you, you put into it.
2: You know, every week I do a show, and it's it's around. You know, because people don't have they say people don't have attention spans, but I just kind of I don't give a recap of this is what happened, this is what's going to happen. I give a little bit of that, but I give my experiences being at certain fights or being with certain fighters, and uh, I love the sport and. I don't get paid to do it. I do it because I, I love to do it. But I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah,
0: no, and I, I, I suggest anyone who's listening, or everyone who's listening, check that out because I checked out a few episodes. And I really enjoyed it. And I just wasn't sure if you forget to plug in it because I was definitely going to do that. So. No, I, I
2: appreciate that. Thank, thank you.
0: you. Well, George, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you, man. And have a fantastic day.
2: Nice to meet you, George. Love talking to you guys. I, I hope I do it again. All right. Thank you, George. All right.
0: There we have it, George. Jakovic. Yo, man. Am I pronouncing that, that last name correctly? Yeah. Yak. Yak. There's
1: probably a million ways you it. Yankovic, Yakovic, Jakovic. Probably a million ways. Whatever.
0: Derek uh, Derelik. You did great today, man. Stop, yo, stop outshining me with your knowledge. The thing is this. So this is what I was going to say. You did great. Is that this was
1: an episode on Arturo Gatti, but this is the thing I'm starting to realize now, especially with, with people who are just enthusiastic about boxing, is that, they're all going to be great, and they're all going to have knowledge, especially people who've worked in the scene. you very passionate about boxing. Like, I, we could have talked about so many things with this guy. I would love to have him back on. That James Scott thing is great. The fact that he's from Rollway, the reason why I know about Rollway is because my cousin Bobby was incarcerated there. You weren't? Uh, no, that's in Jersey. I'm from New York. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, dude, Great guy. Definitely knowledgeable. I want to hear more about this HBL sports stuff with him. I want to have him back on 100%. We might need to change the name of this episode because it was about Gatti in prison. <laughs> yeah, just three dudes talking boxing. You know what I mean? Just three bros. That's okay. Not being toxic. That's okay. Not being I, I had
0: fun talking about it. I learned a lot about it. The thing is, I realized one thing that we uh, that, that came to my attention is, what, is that I enjoyed a lot of the Gatti fights but a lot of the ones I saw,
2: he say, was dominated,
0: say. you know. But I think even in failure, even in his losses, I still appreciated his will, his courage, his ability to keep on fighting, you know. And then the Mickey Ward trilogy, you know, was also this kind of back and forth action, and it, it was just a very special, a very a, a very special fighter, a fighter that um, that you had to root for, right? You know, even if you weren't. On his side, he was like, "You had to respect." Yeah, you know. I was just thinking back. I remember, I remember exactly where I was the night
1: he lost to Gomez, and I was so sad. I was so sad they lost.
0: Yeah, the, the one fighter that lost that affected me that I think about often, and I remember where I was at and how I felt was when Margarito beat up Miguel Cotto, and Margarito's di- cheating, and we're gonna do an episode on Margarito and his freaking plaster of Paris loaded gloves you know that he beat with you know what's crazy I raps actually I you know
1: like Felix Trinidad when I was when I was a, a kid he was my favorite fighter Puerto Rico loved him and my father knew like all the great like you know old Puerto Rican greats like Wilfred Benitez and and Edwin Rosario you know we talk about those guys we be like you know but Felix was my guy Felix was my guy and then Miguel when he came up was just so much different than than Felix is very introverted and. And I wanted Margarito to beat Cotto the first fight.
0: Because oh. I wanted Margarito gonna to get We're going to have to close on that because <laughs> that upsets me. That upsets me. But we are going to do a... I want to do a episode on Miguel Cotto. You, Maybe on the, this, on what's the, your knowledge on Felix Trinidad? That's what I want to know. I know that he had a mean left hook. He walked around with the little flags. And he was very, uh, you know, animated. And he had a great smile. And Puerto Rico, the island, loved him. They still love him. Yeah, he beat up Joppy you know that was
1: when he was already that was later in his career when he became a middleweight yeah he, he uh, one of the best welterweights of
0: yeah he was uh, uh, the mean, 90s. a mean welterweight I mean he lost against Bernard Hopkins yeah at middleweight at 160 I know that annoyed me because Bernard Hopkins was really disrespectful in Puerto Rico yeah he threw, and, and, he threw, and he threw the flags he threw, the
1: flag, he, on the, threw
0: floor. the flag on the floor threw the flag on the floor did do Puerto that Rico like two flag? times bro over? they
1: chased him they were chasing him out. you know what we're gonna do that's great for us to have for next episode I wanna talk
0: B-Hop one day too. yeah we gotta talk I B-hop. wanna get
1: B-Hop on here I'm and. Marshall's telling me to stop banging I'm,
0: I'm not We're going to get B-Hop on here. we got to get B-Hop. Listen, guys, that's another episode of P.O.P. Picking Up Punches. It's your boy, Sergio Chacon, my host, my co-host, Derek, Derek Dresher. We out here. Thank you so much. Another one of the books. Sound Lounge represent. Till next time. good to see you. Steve. Grrr.